0: welcome to the government huddle with brian Chittister, a new podcast from government marketing university my entire career has been dedicated to marketing in the government space and in the beginning i never cared about the why i was completely focused on the how it was all about the tactics the analytics the roi rinse and repeat then i decided i wanted to understand these programs and technologies the same way our customers do it opened up a whole new world for me and that is what this show is about aligning the why with the how, taking a deep dive on current trends, making bold, educated predictions about the market, learning from expert guests, and discovering innovative concepts on how to respond to all of this. So join us as we talk about all things government marketers need to know about today, tomorrow, and beyond. Come on, let's huddle up.
1: Think about interacting with content. Um, Certainly post your own content when you start to feel comfortable there, but like and comment and share other posts on the platform. Um, That all sits and lives within your LinkedIn profile so that a recruiter or or in the future a potential client or something like that will see all of that as part of your profile and kind of part of your portfolio and that all goes into building your your, your professional brand.
0: All right, guys, welcome back to the Government Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chittister. And if you haven't guessed by now, we're talking about LinkedIn today. As we've transitioned into an almost purely digital world over the last few months, at least from a marketing perspective, social media platforms have really taken center stage and have become a primary messaging driver for marketers trying to reach their audience. And when your audience is the government, no social platform is more valuable than, you guessed it, LinkedIn. With persona and demographic data on roughly 675 million global professionals, and they're growing two every second, it's no wonder why it's become so valuable. So to talk to us about the best ways of using LinkedIn to reach this audience, we have Erica Pyatt. She's the manager of advocacy and government for LinkedIn, and she's going to fill us in on the latest and greatest offerings LinkedIn has for marketers and some of the best ways to get your messages out there. Welcome to the show, Erica. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me.
0: And just to get us kicked off, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you're doing over at LinkedIn right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been in uh, in the DC space now for close to twenty years, which is crazy to uh, to think uh, that it's been that long. But started started off my life, uh, my professional life, at least in uh, political consulting, so did that, um, working for uh, campaigns, independent expenditures, and on issue advocacy for about eight years, and then moved over to the publishing side and worked for about four years with Governing magazine. So uh, for for those who are focused on the state and local government, uh, clearly a powerhouse publication at the time and uh and to spend like i said four years there and that's where i really got to know and work in the space of, of people who are selling to public sector um so love uh love and uh, and adore the state and local government space uh, and then nearly about four years ago now came over to uh to linkedin to join our government and advocacy team which at the time was i think just about four of us across north america were now uh, eight uh on my team so um fantastic growth that we've seen over the past uh number of years but my team works on supporting uh not only government contractors but also the government agencies themselves in their marketing uh trade associations nonprofits economic development and travel and tourism organizations
0: tell tell me a little bit more then what's what's going on at linkedin right now i know with uh what's, what's happened with covid the world shifted into more of a digital posture in terms of a marketing perspective. And uh, people are looking for more virtual engagement. Um, so marketers are looking for more platforms they can leverage. And to me, from a social media perspective, LinkedIn is 1A. So um, what are some of the things that you're seeing uh, from a marketing perspective at LinkedIn right now?
1: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Brian. It's- Uh, As the world has shifted, as we're all working from home, as conferences have been canceled, everybody's trying to figure out how do we continue to engage with our customers or or whomever that target audience is and do it in a way that still feels authentic, uh, that captures people's attention, no matter Mm -hmm. how many different ways in which it's drawn. You know, we were both talking earlier about um, kids in the house, like how do you compete with with that? And obviously really, really challenging. Um, so so marketers are shifting, you know not only from um, from things like out of home. We've heard a lot of customers talk about they're changing their out of home strategies because people aren't out of home right now. Um, so that's that piece has been been kind of thrown a kink in as well. And then obviously a huge part of so many marketers strategies and budgets is all about events and in-person events whether it's events that um, that an organization hosts themselves uh, or attending somebody else's event as a sponsor or exhibitor so really shifting all of that to to digital and to virtual Uh, ways to engage so that people are still getting the information that that they need in order to do their jobs more effectively. We're just consuming that information in different ways now.
0: I'm glad you brought up events. Are you seeing that they're looking to bridge some of those gaps by leveraging LinkedIn? And What I mean by that is there's so many different methods, it seems like, now for uh, for you to use LinkedIn to reach people. It, It started off being a platform you could editorialize and blog on. Obviously, there's a content syndication component, but there's a the new or relatively new uh linkedin live stream um it, are you seeing more uptick in usage of these as virtual events or uh, in person events have gone away and the virtual nature has increased
1: yeah so it it's been a really interesting evolution, and um i, I will say I think covid um mostly just accelerated our timeline on a lot of this it's sure the, the stuff that we had on our product roadmap beforehand but to kind of walk you through the the evolution on LinkedIn. So we started doing LinkedIn live. Um, gosh, and here's where my memory is going to totally fail me. I feel like not only does every day blend together right now, but I'm like, when did this even happen? Um, so I want to say, and I, I, our product team would be glad to, to correct me on this. Um, but I believe we started rolling out LinkedIn live um, last summer. So we're coming up on okay. about a year, still in beta. Uh, As we work through, you know, what we want the product to look like, one of the great things about participating in any of our betas is is the ability to give us feedback. So we look to our customers very strongly to tell us, you know, what do you like about the product as it is? What do you not like? What's missing? And that helps inform the, the evolution and development of that product. So we started doing live video last summer. Um, Tremendous amount of engagement, even on like really niche, wonky topics. So, uh, one of, of my team's um, first customers to, to use LinkedIn Live is the International Association of Privacy Professionals. So, uh, I fondly refer to them as the GDPR lawyers. They are much more than that. Um, but they're the folks who are really focused on how, how organizations deal with privacy, what the privacy legislation and landscape is out there. And they do um, a number of different live videos every week, probably two to three a week before COVID and, and shut down when they were all in the office and, and much, you know, easier logistics to do this. And it would be anywhere from 20 minutes to to 40 minutes, talking about, you know, the new privacy legislation that's being proposed in India or implications of CCPA coming online, different things like that. So really wonky. Um, you know, pretty niche topics, but the amount of engagement that they see on a consistent basis is just really incredible. Uh, there was one that I tuned into. It was about 25 minutes, uh, like I said, on some obscure privacy legislation. There were like at least 100 people present throughout the whole thing, commenting, engaging in the stream. Um, they use, as they will say, zero production quality. So really authentic. <laughs> it's like two people sitting yeah. on a couch. like we don't even try to have makeup and lighting (laughs) so you know like we're just gonna we're just gonna chat like we would in the office and you know welcome you into into our our conversations which is really cool um so we started that last summer when uh we've had on our product roadmap for a while this idea of being able to host an event on linkedin and so uh last fall or winter we rolled out the opportunity for individual people so for for you or me to create an event on LinkedIn. But obviously the the next step and the next question from our customers is like, well, that's cool. Like cool that Brian or Erica can host an event. But like, what about me as an organization? What about LinkedIn? Hosting an well, when event? you say
0: host an event, what do you mean? What do you mean by event there?
1: So um, so we can do it in a bunch of different ways. Right now, um, when we first started it, it was just like the shell of like, I want to show you that I am hosting an event, whether that is a webinar uh, or Um, you know, even like a conference call or an in-person event, but you're going to promote it on LinkedIn. You're going to show people I'm attending. And one of the coolest features about it is anybody who's attending, in addition to the event host, can also invite people from their network. So when you go to create an event, you can go through all of your contacts and say, who are the people that I'm connected to that I think would be interested in this event? And then you can invite them on the platform to this event, whether there's a separate registration or not, we can accommodate that as well. Um, and then you, they will see who else is attending. It groups people together, and then you can share content within that event. So think about, you know, from an event promotion strategy, you want to be promoting the event before the event and kind of generating mm-hmm. excitement, generating conversation beforehand. Um, certainly during the event, that's that's the core and the meat of it. But then after, there's so much rich content typically that's shared at these events. You don't want to have the event be over and be like, everybody walk away and be like, yes, yeah, thanks, you know my hands of this i'm done there's so much that can be um continued on so much conversation and from a marketer standpoint so much additional mileage that you can get out of that content so this I, provides a really great way to continue sharing that that uh content and conversation
0: i think that's something that's important because oftentimes especially earlier in, earlier in your career you forget about not only just it, not only is there the build-up to the event and the event but there's the follow on, right? And mm-hmm. if you can kind of galvanize all of, all of that in one place and keep that energy going and keep that content uh, really rich uh, and engaging, I think that's a great way to be able to meet your audience where they are. When when we're talking about live stream, if I'm a marketer listening to this and I want to take advantage of that, how can I do that? Because isn't um, live stream, is it invitation only or how is that, how is that done on LinkedIn right now?
1: So there is an application process. Um, our backlog currently is a couple of weeks, so plan ahead. Uh, but there is a public application that you can apply to uh, and have the team review what what you want to do, what you want to live stream. Um, that from there they'll get you approved and whitelisted. And uh, and then what's really cool, and this has been the latest development, um, and something our product team really accelerated in the wake of of the coronavirus um, pandemic and outbreak knowing that so many marketers are needing to figure out how to replace the um the in-person events is an integration between events which can now be done either like i said from an individual's uh profile so like i'm i create an event for myself uh, my team is hosting a webinar for associations in a couple of weeks so that lives associated with my profile uh, or you can do uh, an event from the organization's page on LinkedIn as well now. And, uh, and one, what we did when we rolled out the events for pages um, and really accelerated that development is to create a, an integration with LinkedIn Live. So, if you have LinkedIn Live, you create a pay, an event from your page and you can stream directly from your page when the when the event goes live. Um, so and then we have a lot of uh, guesting capabilities through the third party broadcast partners. So obviously, like we're not all getting together live to to do these right now. But if you want to show uh, whether it's a zoom call or, um, or any other way to show kind of like the split screen and have multiple different participants live at the same time, uh, the technology allows for that as well.
0: So shifting gears a little bit, one of the things I really liked about or like about LinkedIn is the ability for you to target people with so much demographic data. Um, I think you told me there's 675 million professionals on LinkedIn right now. I think you said two every second um, in terms of growth, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, but of those almost 700 million people, there's so much demographic data to be able to splice and dice how you want to reach these people. So, if I'm a marketer listening to that, what's the best way for me to kind of wrap my arms around all that data and really be effective
1: yeah that's that's a great question, and obviously, when we start to talk about those really big numbers it's it's huge and it's overwhelming, and it's like, okay, well, of the six hundred and seventy five million like how does that actually relate to the people that I might want to reach mm-hmm. so the best way to think about this and and it one of the kind of tricks that we we always encourage marketers to do, especially if you're working with um, with a sales team or with a program team who's, who doesn't have a background in marketing, who's never been in one of these platforms before doing the advertising, is to ask them to think about, you know, who, like an actual person that they know, who would be part of their ideal target audience. And if you think about your own LinkedIn profile, all of the information that you have been kind enough to keep updated and share with us Becomes a targetable piece of data for us. So, like I said, one of the things that we'll do often if we're working with um, with non-marketers or helping helping our customers support uh, support their teams is to tell them, you know, go back to your team and find me like three or four real profiles on LinkedIn of either existing customers or prospects somebody who is who would actually be part of your target audience. And from there, you can start to parse out, like what are the job titles that those people have? What are the skills and keywords on their profiles? What groups are they members of? And those are great ways to start to think about how to build out that targeting. Um, One of the things, I mean, obviously, like our targeting is so powerful. Um, We caution uh, on both ends of the spectrum a, a lot of times what we'll see is people get so drawn into the, the details of the targeting and how granular we can get that they're doing a little bit of over targeting. On the other hand, you wanna make sure that you're taking advantage of all that data. And so we've also seen people go like so broad that they're not they're kind of just shouting into the abyss. They're not really putting a message in front of, of people who will will find it interesting and with whom it'll, it'll really resonate.
0: Another interesting thing I I think about when I think about all that data too is not just the ability to target these people, but to profile, to create personas. I I think LinkedIn's a great place to start. I mean, I know I've I've used other job boards to take a look at the responsibilities. I try to see um, where they uh, consume information, but LinkedIn is another great resource for that. Have you worked with people that use that to create personas?
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we can offer um, with some of our, our larger customers is some custom insights work so we can start to look at things like what's the, what's the nature of the buying committee um, for for some of these products uh, and services that, that folks are selling. The other thing that's really interesting, especially in, in B2B, where you think about a longer sales cycle, is that oftentimes somebody who might be junior or more junior today um, by the time that deal gets done, they've moved into a much more significant position of influence. So thinking about, you know, for everybody who says, oh, I want to reach the CIO or the CTO um, or the CISO. Well, who's going to be that person's, you know, in that person's ear over the, the course of the deal? And who, by the time the deal is done, is going to be significantly more influential within the organization? So starting to think not just about the halo of influence today in a deal and what that uh, ecosystem of of the buying committee looks like, but what that looks like over the course of a number of years as these deals get done, as you start to build the pipeline for the next deal. And one of the really interesting things that we can take a look at on on our platform is that if I've got somebody who has a more junior title today, I can track them and watch the progression of their their title changes and their seniority changes and we can say i'm just making this number up but we could say you know we know on average it takes um you know three years to go from being a technology manager to an i.t director something like that uh so it gives a sense of of the career progression and flow so you can start to track that influence um it, within a target audience as well
0: That's really interesting. So do you guys put reports out on some of this information?
1: Uh, We typically don't publish the, those reports uh, publicly. A lot of that work is custom insights work that we do um, with our customers.
0: Okay. So are there any other, are there any other things like that, that, I mean, that's the first time I've, I've heard that you could track that kind of progression on LinkedIn. Are there other things on LinkedIn that perhaps don't get as much attention, but could be really valuable to some of the people listening?
1: Uh, Yeah, so we do um, skill snapping, I think is really interesting as well. So um, if you look at a skill, let's say you're interested in reaching people with a skill of cybersecurity. So we can take a look at on the back end and say, well, what other skills are those people likely to have? Um, And are those relevant for for me as an organization? You know, some of them may be more general um, things like, uh, you know, public speaking. Okay. So, you know, my cybersecurity people, they're really doubling down on their public speaking. Um, Mm -hmm. That may be less of interest to you as a marketer. But you could also see, you know, oh, the people who are, who have cybersecurity on their profile, they're also really interested in privacy. Um, that's something that, that may be more interesting to to you as well and can also start to inform um, not just the targeting but the creative direction and the content direction.
0: So earlier we were talking about um, using LinkedIn as a platform to create content. Um, but other challenges I know marketers have including myself is the ability to take content that we've already created and syndicate that out to um, to some of the some of the stakeholders. Uh, what are some of the tools beyond just say um, in mail or or those kind of things that LinkedIn has? What are other ways for marketers to be able to use LinkedIn to uh, syndicate that content?
1: Um, okay, so well, let's start with um, the organic, and then we'll we'll go into the paid. Um, so if you're, if you are a, um, if you're a marketer, you're in, you're charged with your, your organization's presence on LinkedIn. Um, in addition to live video, which we see, like I said, tremendous um, amount of engagement, actually so much more engagement um, on live video than we do on static video uh, or not static video, but native video, um, so sure. pre-recorded and posted. Um, we do still see a lot of great engagement there too. So so don't stop doing that by uh, by any means. Uh, then you can also share uh, posts, you know, just a, a single image post to post to an article. Um, we also recently, fairly recently introduced uh, a document post. So if you've got um, a PowerPoint or a PDF, um, I like to say the PDF is not totally dead, um, in part because of us. Uh, <laughs> but you can, you can now um, share a document, and the way that it is displayed in feed um, looks just beautiful. Uh, so it's a great way to share those resources and assets that your, your organization's already created. And then um, we very recently uh, introduced the ability to create a poll. You can pull your network, um, pull your followers, see what people are interested in. Um, When you you go to create a post, uh, all you simply do is start a post and then down in the lower right-hand corner, you'll click click create a poll. Um, So you can add a bunch of different options. You can set a poll duration. So one day, three days, a week, two weeks, uh, and then get that out to your network. So you could be looking about, you know, what should be the topic of our next webinar, uh, we're looking to rename our newsletter. What do you think it should be? Uh, our, our test question as you go to set this up is how do you commute to work? Well, I don't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea of, um, of the different things that, that you might be able to ask. So those are all great ways to, um, to engage and to drive, uh, drive engagement on, uh, on the page. Um, what I would say is that what we see for For both driving organic growth uh, as well as engagement, is that pages who post every day, uh, if not multiple times per day, are the ones who drive the most organic growth and drive the most uh, organic engagement.
0: And then, what about the paid side of things?
1: Absolutely. Um, So we have a a very clean ecosystem in terms of paid. So one of the things that you you probably noticed uh, about LinkedIn is that we don't have ton of ad units uh throughout the feed so the main kind of core of of any advertising program in my opinion should be sponsored content when you're scrolling through your feed uh you'll see you know all of your things that your people you're connected to what they're posting things that are relevant for your industry and then the second post in your feed is always going to be one that's promoted and then from there it's like the eighth and the uh, 18th or their 10th or 18th something like that. Um, but so the the feed and is the the way that most people engage with LinkedIn and what should kind of be the core of of any marketing campaign. Um, from there we have a number of different options um, from ad formats in terms of what you can put in feed. So you can put a single image in feed. Uh, that's kind of like the core bread and butter. Uh, We have carousel ads, so you can use those either to build a narrative and kind of tell a story, or you can use it to sell different value propositions, see which which benefit um, or which data point is the one that drives the most engagement, the most clicks, the most conversions, things like that. Um, Video ads are also really popular in feed, especially for things that are a little bit higher funnel. Um And then, for all of those things, we can connect a lead gen form as well. so if you're looking to uh to drive leads and capture people's information, we can do that all on platform, minimizing the friction uh, and hopefully minimizing the uh, the drop off that you would typically see if if you're sending somebody to a website to to complete a lead form.
0: Are there some of those that are more popular than others that you're seeing out there right now
1: um so I think just from a bread and butter like easiest standpoint, the single image ads still Still rains, but when we introduced video ads, um, now, gosh, close to a year and a half, two years ago, um, we've seen a tremendous uptick in those two. So it's we see a I see a lot of video in my feed, which is which is great. Um, Carousel. I think a lot of marketers still feel like it's a little bit of a heavier lift, so I don't see as many of those. Um, but I do think it creates that like very thumb-stopping experience and an image, uh, especially on mobile. And what's cool is on the back end, you get the demographic or the uh, the metrics and reporting and demographics for each individual card, so you can really understand uh, which which card in your carousel performed best.
0: I think you just said the key word there is mobile, and that been changing that not only uh, the types of content that marketers are creating, but I think it's also changing the way platforms look to deliver that content. Is there, um, from a mobile perspective, I'm I'm sure you've seen an uptick in, in usage, right?
1: Yeah, so we we see a tremendous amount of our traffic coming from mobile, uh, typically around 70%. um, And for for sponsored content, uh, we see more of the engagement being driven on mobile. Um, So you want to make sure as a marketer, not just that your ad looks great in mobile, but also if you're sending people off off platform, which I I should say is totally fine on LinkedIn. Um, I know some other platforms um, will penalize you for taking people outside of the ecosystem, but on LinkedIn, totally fine to take people mm-hmm. out to your website. But when you do, what you wanna do is make sure that your website has a really good mobile experience. Um, not just the bare minimum, but you know, especially if you're looking for to drive any kind of action, any kind of registration, making sure that it's it's good on mobile is, is absolutely critical.
0: And I think, so you mentioned video being a great uh, Uh, content platform right now. I think we've gone from more than a minute and a half to two minutes to uh, 30 seconds is probably a great length for a video (laughs) right now. Um, Are there other uh, trends that you see in content that mobile has sort of um, uh, catalyzed?
1: Uh, You know, it's interesting that you bring up the time thing. And I think I will be a little contrarian on this uh, and and go against the grain here, because I do believe when you have a very uh, targeted audience and very relevant content, you can afford to go longer. So if it's a high-level brand video, certainly 30 seconds or less, great. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we've had a number of customers who have run and sponsored videos anywhere from four minutes to 11 minutes. And like, what, they did the 11-minute video that this one particular customer I'm thinking of um, because they didn't have the creative resources to cut down the original video. They were like, well, we don't have the money to do it. We're just going to run it and see what happens. And it was um, a really niche topic, um, but really important to their, their audience. Uh, and then the audience was accountants. So this thing about, you know, like new accounting standards and, and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So mission critical for them to understand in, in doing their job. Um, they and we were both shocked at how well uh, it performed. The, uh, the view completion rates were like what you would normally see on a very short video. So we were, we were all really thrilled about that. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't have to be short. Um, but if it's not short, it's gotta be really compelling and really interesting.
0: So uh, before we, I mean, uh, before we wrap up, one of the challenges that I know uh, for myself as a marketer, and I'm sure this isn't something unique to just me is enabling my sales force. And I, I try to get my sales team to use LinkedIn as much as possible as a way to, um, push our content out, but also just engage with their audience. And I get several comments around time, which I'm sure, again, is not unique to myself, um, but uh, and some that just don't necessarily know what to do or how to post it um, and, and what the best way to uh, kind of put the narrative out into that ecosystem would be. So what advice would you give to marketers that need to engage their sales team and get their usage up in that uh, to help amplify what they're currently doing? Because this, this can't be something that I'm sure you hear, uh, very often, right? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, 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 lead a sales team, so it's, uh, yeah. it's not unique to yours. You know, I mean, even it's conversations I have with my team all the time is like, guys, we gotta, we gotta be using LinkedIn more, you know, we've got these mm-hmm. great tools at our disposal. Um, and you know, we have access to sales navigator, which is, um, a phenomenal tool for sales too. But even if you, even if you don't have sales navigator, um, getting out there, thinking about engaging your network and meeting your network and, and your contacts and your customers and your prospects where they are. And that's on LinkedIn. Um, one of the things that you can do as a marketer to, that'll, that's really easy to support them is uh, from your page, you can actually send a notification now to employees of, of your organization asking them to share a post. And so if you're sharing something that, that you know their customers or, or prospects will want to see, they can very one, one click, very easily reshare that to their network. And so that's like the lightest, lowest lift of like, hey, here's something to share, just click share it. (laughs) And and as they start to see that engagement from their network, um, the hope obviously is that they start to position themselves as a thought leader. You know, I always think about it too, when you're going into a meeting or a call with a customer or prospect, do you want to start at that 101 level where they don't know anything about you or would you rather them have formed an opinion beforehand and ideally the opinion that that you've suggested through through your marketing but sales teams create are a a vital way in which that information is shared um the other kind of fun fun fact is that when we look at the networks of employees relative to the number of followers that a page might have so if you take all the employees of linkedin and all of our connections typically what we see is that the the size of the employee network is like 10x the number of followers of a company so employees sharing content on behalf of your organization is a really fundamental way to extend that reach Um, and that's all organic which is you know, translates into time, yes, um, but also free. Uh, so it's a great way to get the word out. And, and what I'd encourage people to do just to get started is to block like five to ten minutes every day to go through their feed, like, comment, uh, reshare things, or as they're reading articles throughout the day just share them on LinkedIn and share, you know, here's my perspective. Here's was my key takeaway. Uh, you don't have to dive, dive in right away, doing a video or, or writing a long form post, but start easy, start small and you'll start to see the return.
0: I think those are some really great tips that uh, some of our listeners and even any sales folks, especially listening could take and use today. So that's, that's really great. Um, any final thoughts you want to leave our audience with today?
1: Yeah, so one one thing that I do want to talk about that I'd be remiss uh, if I didn't mention on the on the ad front is we have a new new ad format that we just rolled out that I would love to see more of on the platform. It's called a conversation ad. So uh, a lot of folks are probably familiar with our sponsored message ads. We used to call them in mail. We we just uh, changed changed the nomenclature there. Um, so that's kind of a one-way push of information, like, hey, it's essentially, let's think about the the sponsored message ad, like an email campaign, um, but on LinkedIn. What a conversation ad does is it engages your audience in a dialogue with your brand. Now, I'll, I'll say it is a preceded dialogue, so you create kind of like that choose your own adventure, like if people say yes, then we send them to this website, or if they say no, then we take them to this next message for more information. But it's a really great great way to kind of qualify your audience and understand what's interesting to them and what might be of value to them. Um, so relatively new ad unit just rolled out um, within the last couple of months, um, but definitely something we're starting to see a lot of great adoption on, on the platform and it's a great way to, uh, to engage the other thing that's cool is, you know, you do have to think through the uh, what that conversation tree looks like. But from a, a creative standpoint, it's a pretty light lift, which is which is nice too. And we have a lot of templates that are, are preceded uh, to drive webinar registrations or email sign ups, things like that.
0: I think that LinkedIn has um, for marketers out there, it's one of the reasons why it's it's my favorite social media platform, but um, I think sometimes it, looking at all the different ways you can reach your audience can be intimidating. And I think you did a really good job of, of simplifying it. So thank you again for joining us today.
1: My, my pleasure, thanks so much for having me and, uh, and for all the uh, kind words and, and being a champion of, for LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> this has been the Government Huddle Podcast. You can check out more episodes of the show by heading over to gmarku.com or on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Please feel free to connect to me on LinkedIn or on Twitter, at ChittisterAB. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye for now.